0: Part of getting yourself better by working the lymphatic system is just knowing that you need to work the lymphatic system. Like, it's honestly not rocket surgery to work that damn system. It's not difficult at all. Like, as long as I teach you the simple way to do it, you can do it. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit.
1: That is the story of human progress. One inch at a time. I'm your host, Joe DiStefano, and you're listening to Stack. In today's episode, I sit with Dr. Perry Nicholson of Stop Chasing Pain. Dr. Perry is the creator of a program called the Body Aquarium that has just repeatedly made its way into my world and caught my attention over the last couple of years, And it helps people connect and heal and help one of the most neglected systems in the body and a majorly important system to chronic pain, sports performance, and recovery, your lymphatic system, what he calls your lymphatic mojo. Dr. Perry is a masterful teacher. And on today's show, he had me feeling like I was back in college again, only the difference is I walked in the door, read the questions on the test out loud, and had the teacher feed me just the most down-to-earth, practical, and applicable answers ever. One of Dr. Perry's gifts is delivering an extremely complex concept in ways that are very easy to understand as he empowers his students and listeners with some of the simplest interventions imaginable, that can make a world of difference in things like low back pain, chronic fatigue, and a host of other common medical problems that we mistake for having to have extremely complex or complicated causes or solutions. The truth is, the body is in a constant state of trying to heal itself, and it's doing more to protect us than we could ever imagine, which is one of the big takeaways from today's show. If you wake up puffy or dragging, those are actually the symptoms of the body's efforts to make you well. And I want you guys to stay out of the energetic cascade and, and even the identity crisis that when we have a problem, an energy issue, a puffiness, a weight problem, that it's a problem that no one can solve and that you're you know, somehow, somehow just a, a problem that has no solution. That can dive us deeper into the hole. And today's show is all about educating in this area that so many people, doctors, professionals, therapists are overlooking. We dive deep into the lymphatic system. But as we chat, I want you to really focus on the energy and the mojo that Dr. Perry is ultimately sharing. This simple solution that can solve seemingly complex problems. And how important it is to set the table for health through consistency, movement, belief, and faith in the free medicine that I speak about so much on this show and more of the free medicine that Dr. Perry shares with us today. Dr. Perry's teachings on the lymphatic system zero in on the body's primary detoxification system, and that's where our circulatory system meets our immune system. Just over the course of the show, I noticed a profound change in my own body in real time as I was following Dr. Perry's instructions and palpating some of the specific areas that hold the most of our lymphatic pressures and just get completely bogged down with toxins. Noticeably throughout the show, as I palpated these areas and followed his instructor, instructions, I felt creaks and cracks and pops in my own structure. Seemingly, pressure was being released From These areas and as the show went on and you might hear this on the audio I felt compelled to stand up move around do a squat move a little bit Which is magical when you hear just how important these things are to our detoxification and how dangerous sitting and sedentary behavior really can be We chat about a frightening state of health where hydration oxygen and all the dietary supplements in the world Can't even get into our cells Which, who knows, maybe this show will save you tons of money, time, and energy, and resource because we're going to open your system up to all the efforts that you're putting forth every single day that may not be getting through. Because the body needs the right environment to do what you want and what you hope that it's doing. We also talk about low back pain yet again, and I couldn't imagine a more timely show because most of you heard my podcast with Dr. Stuart McGill, who is the foremost expert on the planet in low back pain. I am so excited to bring you guys to this show today because I strongly believe that if you have low back pain or know anybody who does, I would be shocked if they do not find some relief from the areas uh, that we focus on in these two episodes, the tips, the exercises that we talk about on these two shows, it's all here. And I think 90% of back pain will be improved by these two episodes. And you can find both at coachjodicom stacked. And now before we dive into today's show, I want to tell you about one more thing. And that is my absolute favorite way to detox the body quickly, safely and effectively. Because that's what this episode is ultimately all about. The problem with most detoxes is that they're for one, uh, you know, juice fasts or whatever it is, they're actually not detoxifying anything. They're simply getting out of the way to enable the body to do its own detoxifying by giving the system a break from toxins or inflammatory food or foods we're allergic to, which can go a long way, but they're not actually detoxes. And the bigger issue with detoxes that actually do detoxify the tissues and the liver and the kidneys and everywhere else in the lymphatic system is that we push toxins into circulation, but that's only half the battle. Most of the time, detoxes do more recirculating of toxins than eliminating of them. That's why there's one product and one product only that I've used myself and for my coaching clients and for my family and for Amelia – And that's Quicksilver Scientific's Push-Catch Liver Detox. Push-Catch is a versatile two-step cleansing protocol designed to safely and effectively detoxify the body without redistribution or reabsorption. Once in the body, powerful antioxidants, buttress, a liposomal blend of digestive bitters that push toxins out of the liver and into the gut. There, natural binders catch the toxins so they can be safely eliminated from the body. This is by far the most effective and scientifically validated detox product you're going to find anywhere, and I stand behind it 110%. It's something that I think everyone needs to do on a regular basis, whatever that means for you and whatever your case may need. To get your push catch liver detox, head on over to quicksilverscientific.com and use promo code coachjoe2020, all one word, to save 10% on your detox. And if you have any questions, guys, because I do push this to all my coaching clients and a lot of the people that follow me on social media, you can head on over to coachjoedi on Instagram and send me your questions through direct messaging. And finally, uh, as a reminder, Any of you guys that may be curious about what products I'm currently using, you can head on over to CoachJoeDI.com and click Joe Recommends from the homepage menu. This is a comprehensive list, including Push Catch Liver Detox, that I'm always updating and revising to make it easy for people and my followers and my audience to find the products that I'm talking about and I'm currently using myself and for my own family. All right, guys, enough from me. Please enjoy today's show with Dr. Perry. And as always, feel free to share it around your social media channels or with anybody that could benefit from this show that may need to move their mojo, get their lymphatic system moving or operating for them or that has low back pain or chronic fatigue. This is a show for them, so I appreciate you guys sharing it around. And I hope you enjoy the show, guys. Thank you so much for listening. As always, this is a great show, so buckle up and make way for Dr. Perry Nicholson. All right, Dr. Perry, thank you so much for being here, brother. How's it going today?
0: Oh, thank you very much for having me on the show. It's going fantastic. Anytime I get to talk about the lymphatic system, I get excited.
1: (laughs) Yeah, man. Well, well. You know, I love your story because, you know, you've been a guy and and I would love for you to kind of just uh, kind of take people through a bit of your story because I think it's interesting because, you know, you're a guy that's been doing this stuff for, you know, 25 or 30 years and, you know, you were, you were, as I understand it, you know, kind of struggling yourself with a few elements and, and I think people love to see, you know, there's like the, you know, the, the, the walking guy, the breathing guy, the kettlebell guy, but, but there's always another piece, right? Right? there's always another piece of the puzzle and even when we're you know in the trenches you're a chiropractor you're doing all this movement work there was still something missing and that's kind of what led you into what I what I get the impression was kind of like a gravitational force that's the lymphatic system and and now you're truly the only guy that I know of talking about this at a real high level so I would love for you to to kind of take us through just you know kind of the highlights of that story of yours that kind of brought you into that gravitational force that is the lymphatic system, and then, you know, if you can kind of just kind of help people understand what the lymphatic system is and isn't, is that a cool way sure. to kick us off?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think the important point that he mentioned there, there's a lot of them, is that there's always another piece, okay? So that that's something, a fundamental principle that I teach. One of my sayings that um, I use all the time is that no system in the body ever works alone, and they never get injured alone, and they never heal alone. And Body systems that people are easily familiar with are like the musculoskeletal system, right? Muscles, bones, fascia. Then you've got your cardiovascular system, which actually the lymphatic system is a huge part of, and most people say, what? I had no idea. Uh, and you've got your immune system digestive system so if you get the idea but we we tend to focus just on a certain system one system at a time and that's called specialization that we have in medicine today and there's, something, there's nothing wrong with that of course but the problem you find is that when you specialize in something you know more and more about less and less and so for me <clears throat> I mean, I've been practicing in healthcare for about 25 years, which I can't believe I actually have to say that number. Uh, And I started my professional degree as a chiropractor, but I branched out from there and started studying many different disciplines over the years from all different types. I never just stayed with chiropractic. But um, I mean, I've studied movement a lot and muscles and nerves and just the parts of the body that you typically study, right? And then I thought I was doing great, but obviously I wasn't because something was building in the background and then I slowly started to deteriorate over time, which happens to a lot of people. So you've got, it's it's important to categorize injuries to the body. You've got acute trauma, which, you know, you slip, you fall, bam, that happens and you kind of know what's what or somebody cuts you. And well, that's pretty straightforward, right? but most people develop these slow insidious like, creep up things where they just feel not right for a long period of time. And, you know, we, we suppress those type of systems and symptoms with drugs and surgeries and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden you just feel like crap all the time and it becomes your new normal, tired, fatigued, lethargic headaches, you know, autoimmune disease galore. So that's, That's kind of what it is. You got chronic disease, autoimmune disease and stuff that people, all of a sudden you wake up and you have this when you didn't have it yesterday, right? Like, so for me, I started to just feel tired, fatigued, lethargic. And I just thought, well, I mean, i just got to move more. I got to change my nutrition, which is certainly a big part of it, but it wasn't helping. And I was getting to take two, three naps a day and I just couldn't get enough rest then I started to develop a lot of other symptoms in the body beyond the typical aches and pains that get a lot of infections in the body from sinus infections, urinary tract infections, prostate infections. And I was just not getting infections. You're not supposed to, you can get infections, but you're not supposed to keep getting them, right? I mean, (laughs) you're supposed to get one and get over it and say, okay, let me get back to life, right? And then it, it became so bad for me where I, I just lost the ability to function physically and mentally. And I had to close my office and stop seeing clients because I just didn't have the energy and I actually couldn't put sentences together hardly anymore. Um, and then I had to stop traveling the world and teaching because I mean, <laughs> here's the rub, man. I was traveling the world and teaching people about the power of movement and how it can help your health. And meanwhile, I'm going the opposite way. And uh, unfortunately, the traditional medical approach to try to help me, because I had infections, right? I had to go that route, or at least I thought. And then the um, antibiotics and the pain medications and the surgeries just fed the beast. And I got worse and worse and worse. And I was like, this is something that I'm missing here. I I've got to change my perspective. I've got to look at things differently. It's almost like a scientific approach where you're looking at something and what's the outcome and you're like, "Well, I know I don't want to do that anymore because it's obviously not working or my body is telling me, "Hey, you know, you're on the wrong track." <laughs> <laughs> and I just started to branch out and study things in different cultures, Eastern medicine a lot more, and energy-type medicine. And when I I mean energy, I mean trying to understand how cells regenerate, how how do you rebuild new tissue and new cells? There's got to be a process to it. And I'm not talking like a biochemical process. That's the way medicine looks at it. I was looking at more of a... Energetic standpoint, and I started to think, well, what the hell does a new cell need in order to to regenerate and make a new one? Mm-hmm. And the fundamental principle was, it, it needs enough energy to do that, and it needs the ability to get the nutrients in, which you know is the food that you eat, right, and breathing techniques and stuff like that. But here's the rub: I was doing all that. I mean, I was doing breathing techniques, I was doing movement techniques, I was doing things to, and I I really changed my nutrition up to give me the nutrients that I need. And it was helping, but it had no traction. And then I thought to myself, well, I read in a passage somewhere that two things ultimately cause chronic disease, Um, deficiency and toxicity. And that hit me because, okay, well, deficiency means that you don't have enough of something that you need, right? And usually it's, it's nutrients that you need, it's oxygen that you need, all those things. And I was getting all those through breathing and nutrition, but the toxicity part I was missing, which means you have too much of something. You either have too much of something or you, you are getting too many bad things coming in that you can't get rid of fast enough. So it's an overload. And that's the one part of the puzzle that I wasn't looking at. And when you have the balance with with deficiency and toxicity, well, then that's what life is, where your cells take in nutrients and it uses the nutrients. And then when it's done with the nutrients, it gets rid of the what they call metabolic waste. And right. metabolic waste is just like your waste. When you eat food, you have to go to the toilet, right? And then the waste goes out. Well, that's what your cells have to do. Trillions of them. I mean, that's the T, man. Trillions of them. And uh, so when your cells do their thing, they got to get rid of the waste. For you, it's easy. When you're in your house, you just push the handle and flush the toilet and everything goes bye-bye, right? Well, you have a lot of systems and most of the systems in your damn body are devoted to getting rid of waste. Most of them. That's why they're there. And if you have a dysfunction in one, well, then the waste stays inside of your body. And when the waste stays inside of your body, then you become toxic. Then it can't function the way that it's designed to. Even here's the thing even though it's trying to, that's the thing, guys, that are listening. Your body is always trying to heal yourself. It's not attacking you, it's not turning on you, it's doing the best it can with the environment that it's in in the moment. So I thought to myself, uh, there's gotta be some, a better way, but I didn't know what it was. Honestly, I didn't, I didn't come across lymphatics yet. Uh, and I'll get more into that in a moment, but I had a friend of mine that I went to college with chiropractic college. I mean, you know, a couple of years ago, right. <laughs> <laughs> and I hadn't heard from him in a while, but I think he was seeing some of my story or just knew something was off. And he said, listen, I'm, I'm going to. Some course over in London that's talked all about energy of the body and, you know, you might find it quite intriguing. And I said, sure, man, I'm, I'm lost. I mean, I could barely walk, but I just said, I'll go. And I went to the um, course and then people were very surprised when they saw me because I'm the guy uh, talking about health online. Mm-hmm. And I, I looked awful and I just wasn't healthy. I was puffy. I was swollen. I had, you know, puffy cheeks. I had bags under my eyes. I just looked like I wasn't well. I had a lot of um, um, mucus type reactions, swelling type reactions, clearing my throat all the time, sniffing all the time, which I come to learn later is the body's protective response, trying to coat toxins in the body with mucus, and hence why I was getting all the infections. Uh, the body trying to to kill the toxins and the, to protect you, and the body swells you in order to protect you um, if you're toxic. And um, one of the guys uh, said, "You know, the sniffing and stuff, dude, is like crazy. I didn't even know I was doing it." And I said, "Yeah, I've been struggling. I, I'm not sure why." And he said, "I think I know what the reason is. I think if your lymphatic system is an issue." And I kid you not, I literally went lymph What? <laughs> Like, like you know, I mean, I'm in this industry for goodness sakes, man. I mean, I went to school and I've been doing this for 25 years. I didn't even give that system a second thought because well, I don't have cancer. I mean, what the hell do I need to worry about the lymphatic system for? Because that's usually the only time people hear about that system is in regards to the lymphatic system. But then the light switch went off because I actually did have cancer 18 years ago. So I had thyroid cancer which is a gland in your neck that many people have issues with today. Um, And they had to remove my thyroid gland completely. And about one, a pretty good portion, about a third of the lymph nodes in my neck because it started to spread through there. And, um, you know, they took it out, put me on medication, said, hey, I'm thinking I'm all great. And now in hindsight, I know that that was the first sign my body was sending me that I was toxic. And it comes to learn, I just posted this on Instagram, not like five minutes before we jumped on the call, that you've got over 700 lymph nodes in your body and lymph nodes are these basically cleaning stations, detoxification stations that are part of the lymph that are designed to kill bacteria, parasites, viruses, fungus, cancer, bad stuff that you don't want. You got over 700 in the body. One third of that 700 is in your neck. I just want you to think about that a moment. One third of the 700 is in your neck, which means nature put that stuff in your neck for a damn reason. It knows that it's pretty important for it to be there because first of all, your brain lives up there. So you might want, it might have something to do with that, which it does. And now imagine that they move, they remove one third of that. And so it's no wonder that I started to get a lot of congestion and sinuses and stuff like that, but You'll see later that when you remove some lymph nodes in the body, it affects the whole system, all the other lymph nodes of the body. So let me go back to the story. And um, he brought me up there and he pressed um, uh, two fingers, right at the top of my spine, right behind the angle of my jaw, right below my ear. It's what's called C1, C2, the first two bones that are in your spine and where the largest lymph node in the neck resides. And it was so swollen, tender, and painful. I just, I did this survival withdrawal, fight, fight, freeze, freak out. You know, I just pulled away, almost curled up into a ball, like I hate you, that wow. kind of thing. But I was literally blown away because I had no idea that it was painful there. Um, but I felt symptoms everywhere else, right? And then he we subsequently went through and checked all the other primary lymph nodes of my body. Because they get they gather in clusters, um, primarily around joints that need to move a lot, which means they uh, gather around the top of the spine. They gather around the shoulder, <clears throat> around the abdomen, around the groin, in the hip, in the back of the knee. Those are the big clusters. And every single one of them hurt just as much as the last one. But I never even thought to assess there. But here's the thing, man. Even if I did push there, I never would have thought to myself, Oh, I probably got a lymphatic system problem. Right. What What I would have been telling myself is, "Oh, I'm tender in my fascia. <laughs> I'm tender in my muscle." Right. I never would have thought that I'm pushing on lymph. So when I changed that context, then I realized that okay, I might be onto something. But here's the rub. But just when you stimulate lymph nodes to assess them, you actually also start to unclog them and you start, it's a form of treatment. Assessment is also a form of treatment if you do it in the right order, which is stuff that we teach you. And I initially felt a burst of energy, but then I started to feel really awful later in the day, like horrific, why? Because I started to release jammed up toxins that were stuck in my body so now they were unleashing into the system like all at one time and my body had to begin to purge that out so you go through what's called an initial detoxification reaction where you feel worse before you feel better which is actually a very good sign i went home to the hotel room the airbnb that i was in and i just crashed man i was out then I woke up the next day, and I kid you not, I felt like 30 percent better than I did the day before. Like I, I said, "This is crazy, but I think I'm less swollen, but I had a little bit more energy, I had a little bit more kick in my stuff. And that was the thing that was, for me the most powerful because I mean, I can deal with pain, man. I mean, if I have to. But what scared the hell out of me was my brain going, which I couldn't my brain wasn't working right, which means I, I lost the ability to think. And articulate, and I was forgetting things, and I was heading into a neurodegenerative disease that called Alzheimer's, and it was terrifying. But and then I started to uh, feel better, and it, as soon as I woke up and I felt that way, I'm like, okay, th- this has got to be it. So I was relentless from that standpoint, where I just looked at anything and everything you could possibly imagine on the lumbatic system. And, you know, I'm sure we'll get into it in a little bit later. But, you know, that that journey has brought me to our conversation now. And then what I try to teach everyone uh, when I teach lymphatics is that I'm teaching this stuff because the lymph work that I do and I found and I created because I mix different uh, approaches together, saved my life. Like I, I would not be here if I did, I think I would have been dead, I kid you not, or I, I pretty, much, pretty much would have killed myself, I think, because I was lost, like lost all, all hope. And um, it's that important to me. And so when people find me, it's usually because they were in a very similar situation to me where they've they've tried everything else and nothing is helping and they just know Somewhere that there's got to be more, right? And then that's usually what teaches us our greatest lessons is the worst amount of suffering that we go through or a loved one goes through because it forces you to move off your normal. It forces you to move outside of your comfort zone and see, see things that in all honesty was always there. I just didn't see it and the that that's why i'm call myself the lymph doc now because it's the primary system that i always assess first because why because i know it's the one system that most people never ever look at and that's kind of like a i know i kept going for like a half hour but <laughs> that's that's pretty much the foundation of why i talk about
1: this system so much yeah Perry. It's, it's so important. And it's funny because as you were speaking, I was kind of like, you know, overwhelmed with, with different ideas. And I think one of the big ones was kind of as fitness professionals, as movement professionals, as docs, just kind of the danger of our own pride, right? Because when you feel that, when you feel that, you know, lump in your neck or that trigger point or what you think is a trigger point, and all of a sudden you start digging into it with a foam roller and, you know, I just got to work a little bit harder. And I remember being on vacation and I went and got a lymphatic drainage massage. This was, you know, 10 years ago. But I remember, um, you know, somebody that I was with was going to get a massage after me. And after I did the lymphatic one, I was like, hey, no, do the deep, deep tissue. Yeah, the lymphatic one was a waste of money. They, they barely touched me, you know, <laughs> but it's, right. it's- it's funny in retrospect when you have a lens on and maybe it's your career and it's your education and, you know, you kind of interpret everything through that. So I think it's, you're, you're really, you know, when you're, when you're in enough pain, you start to eventually escape from that pride and start to look beyond what you know. And, and sure enough, you know, you find something just massive. Dr. Dr. Perry, can you take us through kind of how the, circulatory system, the lymphatic system, and the liver kind of work in concert, right? Just like super high level just so people can kind of understand how this system, how the toxins end up in these systems and and how they're supposed to be detoxified from the body. And when you were telling that story about recirculating toxins or, you know, putting them back into circulation, I started to wonder, so like are they, you know, is that is that now the liver's job to kind of sop up all that and we hope for the best or is it, you know, is it some other pathway or do you have to take a bunch of charcoal? Um, what do you can you kind of give us that high level kind of system
0: sure i mean i could talk for three days on that but uh yeah because i'm <laughs> going to try to keep it ba- I, I want people to understand the concept first. yeah very but basic once, once you understand a concept and you know how things work and they work together then you go aha Right. Then you go, holy cow, this makes so much more sense now, right? Because I'll be honest with you. You can make things so complicated that people are like, dude, I don't even care anymore. Like, <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah, You can go and tell me all the different individual chemical and enzyme reactions and stuff like that. And I'm like, dude, I don't care. I just want to understand, you know, that's that's the... What it is, but then you need to understand, okay, well, what do I do about it? And then why, why should I even care? I think the most important thing that we need to understand is that when, you, when you're talking about detoxification, you're not just talking about one system of the body, right? So the lymphatic system is a primary detoxification system of the body. And its job is to remove, it's, it's part of your immune system, first of all. And it is designed to kill things. That's a job. (laughs) Kill stuff, get rid of it. All right. And there's other systems that do that. So let me just give you a little bit of a list. Your lymphatic system is a big one. The reason it's so important is because most people never do anything intentionally to take care of it. One of the trick questions that I ask people when I teach is I go, how many people are doing lymphatic work now? And maybe, I don't know, an eighth of people will say yes. And then I say, well, all of you are doing it. You're just doing it by accident. Which, which means you have no idea that you're doing it. Because two things primarily move the lymphatics. And this will tie into the cardiovascular in a moment. But uh, movement, moving yourself, moves length. And breathing, breathing through the diaphragm muscle in your abdomen, moves lymph, And most people say, well, I'm already doing that stuff. Shouldn't my lymph be great? No, because that's what I was doing. What it means is that your system is so overloaded. It's so stagnant. It's so uh, uh, full of obstructions backed up that those things are not enough anymore. You actually have to then go in and intentionally unblock things. I always say like, you know, you can have this river that's flowing down nicely. But if I put a dam in front of it, I don't care how much water I'm going to shoot down there, you got to take the dam out, right? And then everything begins to flow. So the lymphatic system is an important one. So if the lymphatic system doesn't work well, your body now has to detox other ways. So it's got a couple of options, it's going to go through the liver all the time, the liver is the big mac daddy organ of the body to detoxify most everything that you put into it. Definitely everything that you put into your mouth. And what's interesting is that 50% of the lymphatic production in your body comes from your liver. So anytime you have a lymphatic system issue, you have a liver issue. Anytime you have a liver issue, you have a lymphatic system issue. They both go together, right? And then the liver also takes a substantial amount of blood flow and blood circulation from the body, particularly from your venous system, the veins of the body. Uh, And that helps get rid of waste, right? So the veins. So the lymphatic system uh, is a huge part of that. The liver is a huge part. Then you got your kidneys. So your kidneys take everything so you can go pee out toxins, right? That's the ultimate destination of where lymphatic system stuff goes is through the uh, kidneys, out through urination. Your skin is another detox organ. That's, That's why you sweat. So a lot of times people who have poorly functioning lymph will have poor skin. Uh, your lungs, every time you take a breath in and out, you expire toxins, particularly carbon dioxide, CO2. And so you have a lot of lymph in your lungs as well. That's called bronchial associated lymphoid tissue, ball. Then I've got my GI tract. That's poop, right? I got to poop stuff out. Then you've also got your tongue. Your tongue is a detoxification organ as well and fat. So fat is also a detoxification organ. one thing that happens is that when you are so toxic that you can't get rid of toxins, your body surrounds the toxins with body fat. So you actually gain a lot of weight when you're toxic. And it's very, very difficult to lose it if you uh, can't detoxify well because your body uses fat as a last-ditch effort to protect you. Basically, it surrounds you like a marshmallow to protect you. So those systems... If the lymph doesn't work well, you'll start to use all the others. But what you'll find is that many people have more than one system that's compromised. So then you become overly toxic. And one of those guys usually gets hit the most. Body fat's probably one of the top ones. But here's how it works with, with uh, lymphatics or, or um, in the body. So I talked about nutrients before, right? We need nutrients and we need oxygen. So we're going to get those things mostly through your circulatory system, through the blood, right? Because you're going to have oxygen come on in, you have nutrients come on in, and they're going to have to get to their end destination of the cells through what they call capillaries. Capillaries are the endpoint of blood flow, vascular supply, and they go right to the cells. And the capillaries allow one cell in at a time. I want you to think about that. They allow one cell in at a time. That's it, so they're very small. And so they come in and they go through there. And then, so let's say we've got oxygen, we've got nutrients that we took on in. Then it's gonna go in through the capillaries, hopefully. Then it goes into the cells. In order to go into the cells, it has to cross this fluid that the cells live in. So the cells live in what they call interstitial fluid, interstitial, all right? And that, that's a, I always tell people just think of like a fish tank and you've got all this water in there and you've got all these different cells that are sitting in there and it's through a water medium that they live. So they cross that fluid environment, they go into the cell. The cell uses the nutrients, the cells uses the oxygen, then it takes it and sends it back out into the same fluid. So waste goes in, I mean, nutrients go in through the fluid and waste goes out into the fluid that surrounds the cell. And then that waste gets out two primary ways. Most of it goes out through your veins or your venous system, right? So they say about 20 liters of fluid gets circulated per day in the body. 20 to 21, depending on the resource. And 17 of those liters that uh, go out of the body is is through the venous system, right? So it'll go through the veins, about 17 liters of it. Then the other three liters that are in that interstitial fluid goes out through the lymphatics. And the lymphatics and the, the veins connect with each other right? So they intertwine with each other. The vascular system and the lymphatic system connect directly to each other. So the lymphatics are considered the second half of your cardiovascular system. How many people ever get told that? So if you struggle with heart issues, if you struggle with cardiovascular issues, if you struggle with blood flow issues, you're going to need to look at the lymphatic system as well. So it, most of it goes out through the veins, The other one will go out into the lymphatics. Then the lymphatics takes it and sends that waste through all the different lymph nodes on its way out. Every lymph node kills more and more stuff. And then it goes into a lymph node. The immune system comes in and starts to kill stuff. Then it moves to the next lymph node and it kills even more. So basically, it's like this purification process. And then its ultimate destination is... To take it back into the veins of the body, the venous system of the body. So it takes the remaining three miller, three uh, liters ends up in the venous system anyway. <laughs> so it goes up to the base of the neck, and then from there it takes everything back to the heart again. So it goes back to the heart again, and then once it's been cleared out, now it comes out as what they call plasma, blood plasma. Then the heart recirculates it out. Again, right, and then the, the liver comes into play, and the kidneys come into play because that's where all of these once these things get purged from the lymph nodes, that's the final destination that these guys need to go through to get out, ultimately through kidneys and um, through urination. So what I want people to understand is, is that when I talk about the lymphatic system, it's important, right? But the lymphatic system is only going to work as well as all the other systems that work with it. So if you've got, let's say, uh, an overburdened liver, which means your liver is trying to deal with so many toxins, it just can't keep up you're you're slamming pain medications and pills and alcohol and you have a crappy diet because every single thing you put in your mouth has to travel through the liver and it detoxifies it through these detox pathways, phase one, phase two detox. If that gets stuck or that gets backed up, then you build up pressure, right? So think about like if if you get stagnant, you build up pressure. And then when you build up pressure, you're not able to accept as much fluid going into it. So then the liver is supposed to take a huge amount of your nutrient input, your your venous flow input, and your lymph to go out. So if that gets stagnant, then you're going to have a backflow of all that stuff in the body, and it's going to stay there anyway. So when people have really significant issues with lymph, You're going to have to go deeper and take a look at the organs of the body because a very cool um, thing to know is that you've got over 700 lymph nodes in your body, depending on the resource that you read, And I said that one third of that number is from the neck up. Well, the other big places for it are your skin is a huge place. That's why just lightly rubbing your skin can make a huge difference on lymph flow. And the other one is your gut, your intestines as well. So then again, it comes down to, okay, well, what do you eat? How well can you digest? How well can you move food through the gut as well? And so once you understand, here's the thing, man, I'm going to tell you, I, it's, it's getting so I care less and less about every minutia of how one particular system works. I honestly don't care. Because here's what I know is that when you mix that other system with another system, all of it completely changes. Like, I could tell you every single possible thing you could ever want to know about the lymphatics down to every enzyme reaction. Just because you understand that doesn't mean that the system is going to work the way it's supposed to. Because if I stick that in your system, in your body, which it already is, and then now it has to work with a compromised liver, Everything that you just told me is off the table. Mm-hmm. It and honestly, it's irrelevant because you're going to be beholden to your weakest and your most vulnerable system in your body because that's going to dictate how well the other ones function. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah. When, when you have an ecosystem, when you have an interaction of the body, the body is a complex system, not a complicated system. We need to understand the, the difference. That's called complex systems theory. That we like to overcomplicate the hell out of the human body, and it's really not that complicated. We just make it that way. It's complex. Complex systems have interactions with each other, interrelated parts. It only becomes complicated when you try to break it down to the minutia. So when you begin to think like an engineer, as opposed to a what I call a a healthcare professional, right, or a clinician. Yes, you need to understand your facts and your figures and your profession, but then you need to step back and think like an engineer because engineers know how things work together. They know that this part is going to be beholden to this part, and it's it's a classic analogy, man. I mean, you could get in the car, and if I have one small little piston ring that's got a broken seal, my whole damn car won't work, like just for one silly, stupid thing. but. <laughs> That's the thing that is what you need to go after. So yeah. you'll very often find it's something that's really important, but really small, or we don't think is that important, that can make such a huge difference in, in the body. So I'm going to be honest with you, part of getting yourself better By working the lymphatic system is just knowing that you need to work the lymphatic system. You follow? Like, Uh, it's honestly not rocket surgery to work that damn system. It's not difficult at all. Like, as long as I teach you the simple way to do it, you can do it, right? And there's always something that can be really, really difficult in somebody who's really, really sick. Well, then you need to go to somebody who probably knows it inside and out. But for the majority of people, just doing some basics and fundamentals makes such a huge difference for people because when I teach, I build this system up, man. It's so amazing and so spectacular and I teach it to you and then I warn people. I say, here's some things you're going to tell me when I teach you this system. So the first reaction is you're going to say, that's it? That, that's all I got to do? Are you kidding me? Like I just have to rub and slap these places? That, that's, it can't be that simple. And then I tell people, why the hell not? Like the, the solution doesn't have to be complicated to work. And then people do it and then they say, oh, my God, this feels so much better. And then the next thing that they say is they, they say, why the hell didn't somebody teach me this stuff before? And then my answer is, that's a really good question. Like, why didn't they teach you this stuff before? Because once you start to do it then you're like oh, this this I feel such a difference it makes so makes me feel so much better in relationship to everything else that I was already doing so lymphatic work is not designed to replace other therapies and replace other approaches or um it, it's designed to amplify it's designed to um what I be call a force multiplier. Force, mar- force multiplier is something they use in the military where if you introduce this one thing into any mission, everything in the mission gets better, everything. So that's what a lymphatic is. If you introduce that into what you're already doing, usually you'll find that everything else that you were doing seems to work a little bit better.
1: Right? right. So
0: d- d- does that make sense?
1: Absolutely, and I and I think a lot of people are fortunate to be doing it on accident. You know, maybe they're doing some tai chi, or you know, and, I, and we want to get into the how to do it piece. But I think it's just you know when you're when you're telling us all this, Perry, I'm just continue to be blown away by the body. You know, starting with yeah. how how incredible the that that stage by stage that sort of assembly line detox you explained works, and and just the idea of keeping toxins out of the brain by putting all those limps Right inside the neck. Uh, I mean, I'm just, you know, I think one of the most important pieces for people exercising and people that want to work on this system or any system of the body is to just have faith in the body and allow the body to do its thing. And you know, the thought of the two things that were just coming back into my mind every time you were you were going into these areas were the effect of hydration status Mm -hmm. on the lymph and then the other piece is the effect of the emotions that are running through the heart and through the mind because i think these two things have to just have such a huge impact on the efficiency and function of of the lymphatic system is my guess
0: yeah so let's think about that for a moment right so we know that the body is mostly water right but then you've got different components of the body that are a higher percentage of water So your lymphatic system is 90% water. Your blood is 90% water. So I want you to think about that for a moment. What happens if you're dehydrated? So those two systems are automatically more vulnerable. And when you know this, a fundamental principle that I teach, every single thing that your body does in relationship to try to get rid of toxins is going to go through the blood and the limp. I mean, that's that's the central, that's the bullseye right there, right? And y- your body will do anything and everything possible to keep blood and blood especially as stable as possible, It it which means it will sacrifice all these other different systems to try to maintain blood balance. Because if that guy goes, you're kind of dead, right? <laughs> Yeah. So here's, here's what I'm trying to tell you. This is why so many people who are suffering go get blood work and it comes back normal all the time. Like they can't find anything. Meanwhile, I feel like I'm dying. And then the doctor goes, Yeah, hey, you're within normal ranges. Well, why is that? Because your body is on the surface. It looks like everything is okay to the blood, but it's sacrificing everything else in order to make it look that way. That's like slapping a a new color of paint over something that's rusted up underneath. You know, I don't see it. No harm, no foul. Because by the time something shows up in your blood to be off, you're a hot freaking mess. I mean, you are really on the deep end of some issues when blood work goes to show you anything. And it's actually not the best way to look at how the systems are functioning anyway. Um, But so I know that just because some, I've got people that come in to see me and their blood work is normal. I put them on my table, I see inflammation in the skin, I see the skin screaming at me. I know they have a history of massive issues with their gut, digestive issues, irritable bowel syndrome, leaky gut syndrome, or tenderness in the gut when I press on the gut. And I already told you, if you got gut issues, you got lymph issues. If you got lymph issues, you're going to have immune system issues, right? And then uh, I'll actually start to touch, physically touch, which is something that is really overlooked in medicine today, is physical human touch during an assessment. Because what they do now is they just look at lab work and test results, because that's going to tell me what's wrong with you. Uh, how about no, it's not. It's only one piece of the puzzle. So... I'm going to put my hands on somebody and feel something, right? And every single person, when I touch them, they're usually very swollen. They're very inflamed in areas that they had no idea that they were inflamed. So let me give you an example. Somebody comes on in and they've got they've got chronic low back pain. This is one I see all the time. And in chronic low back pain, so what most people will do is what? They'll go after the back. They'll go after the spine. They'll go after the muscles. They'll go they'll Start do doing an <laughs> they Yeah, they'll do an MRI. They're going to go after the musculoskeletal system. And I want you to. You should. You should. I need to see what's going on in there and how it feels. And I'm going to get an x-ray or an MRI. But you have to be careful. because Just because something shows up on an MRI doesn't mean that that's the cause of your pain. I mean, that's a scientific fact that you can have three herniations in your lower back and that's not causing any of your pain whatsoever, but you'll think it is because it shows up on an MRI. I actually had that happen as a patient a couple of weeks ago, and I'm going to use this as the story. So when somebody comes on in, I assess every system of the body. So if you have low back pain, I'm going to start on your lower back and I'm going to touch the lower back. And that's what I did. So she has three herniations on her uh MRI. She's had cortisone shots. She's had injections. She's had months and months, six months of PT, chiropractic, all that other kind of stuff. I'm like, well, um, if all that stuff was going to help you, you wouldn't be standing in front of me. So I'm not going to do all that. That much (laughs) I know. So I'm not going there. And I put her down on the table and I started to press my fingers into the lower back, right where the herniations are. So I press really hard because when I press on your spine, it shouldn't hurt you at all. And I'm pushing right around the herniations and at least about a half an inch to an inch deep. And she's cool as a cucumber on my table, like nothing. And I'm like, do you feel it? Does this hurt you? She (laughs) goes, no, I'm good. I'm like, okay, well, then I know one thing right there that it ain't the herniation that's causing the issues because she'd be popping off my table if it was. And then I said to her, I said, did anybody ever check the front of your body? She goes, nope. And I'm going, okay, well, turn on over because guess where we're going. So as soon as I turn her on her back um, and and, then I got her comfortable, one of the things that I teach people when I work with them is to not even care about what you're touching. I want you to look at the response from your client of what you're touching. So I want you to look at their face and I want you to look at their body language and forget what you're pushing on. Because when you push on something, what, what system are you pushing on? Yes is the answer all of them so i laid her on her back and all i did was place my hand on her abdomen and you could visibly see in her eyes and in her face that she was really getting uncomfortable right because of there's something in that region that the body knows is not right subconsciously so i started to press very lightly into around the belly button into around the abdomen and she winced in pain And she did this withdrawal response. And then I started to go down near the crease of the groin at the hip. And why I go there? Because that's a huge place where lymphatic sits. It's also, remember, most of the lymphatic sits where? In your gut, right? Mm -hmm. In your abdomen. And I pressed on both sides there. And she also winced in pain. She was completely surprised that it hurt. She didn't know that it hurt because she felt the pain in her lower back. She didn't feel it in the front. So, all I did was start to work in those regions for her. And uh, I spent the entire session releasing the lymph and the congestion in the front. Why would that matter? Because All the nerves in your back and down your, she had sciatic down the leg, they actually come from the abdomen. They come from the front, not the back. And all the blood flow to the back comes from the front. All the blood flow down your leg comes from the front, right? So I I worked in those regions and I could only do a little bit because it was too painful for her. And then she stood up and then she actually started to cry because she said, this is the first time I've been able to actually move without it hurting. And she sat down on a chair, which she hasn't been able to do in months. And that is what I'm trying to help people understand is the connection between um, what stop chasing pain means is that we treat where it hurts, but we look for the ultimate reason that it's hurting for so long. And then Ida Roth, who created the Rothman technique, see where you think it is, it ain't. So, for me and for her, her issue was in the front. She had massive congestion in the lymph around her abdomen, massive congestion in the groin, which restricted blood flow to the nerves that go to her back. So, she was feeling back pain because of congestion in the front. And then from there, I subsequently checked all the other primary lymph node regions of the body to make sure no other places congested. And she had them in every single one. Right. And then she just sent me a text. It's been three weeks later. All I did was I saw her twice and I gave her the assignment of what I want her to do on her own. And she sent me a message saying, I'm back. Thank you. Being able to uh, teach my kids uh, soccer and field hockey um, because she's a teacher. And then they were able to go back to school where they are for the first time in a year. And that's what I'm trying to get across with the power of these different uh, systems. So what you should take away from this, people that are listening, is one of the first places that I tell people to always assess for tenderness or congestion or any issues with lymphatics is um, around the abdomen, particularly around the navel and the belly button, because that's where the intestines sit, the small intestines sit where most of your lymphatics gather, and it's also one of the places that toxins get stagnated the most.
1: Hey guys, sorry to interrupt. I hope you're enjoying today's show with Dr. Perry. With all the talk about liver detoxes and clearing the body of toxins, the question that may be rolling through your head, one of them might be, how bad is alcohol really? And the truth is, it's extremely bad. In a modern world, as is often the case, With wine, alcohol, food, it's not the alcohol per se that's so bad, but it's the toxins that manufacturers package with it to increase the quantity, the taste, the color, whatever variable is outside the actual product to make it more consumable that gets us in the most trouble. Which is why I absolutely love dry farm wines. This is a low-alcohol, sugar-free, keto-friendly, contaminant and additive-free, truly natural wine that offers an enjoyable way to get the health benefits of an evening drink without the toxins and hangovers that normally come with alcohol consumption. Dry Farm Wines are delivered to your door every month and you can always put a delivery on pause if you haven't drank all your wine from last month, which is actually what happens to me a lot, or you can cancel it all together if you're not happy for any reason. However, I'm sure you will be, especially since they're giving my listeners their first bottle of the world's highest quality natural wine for one cent. Just one penny, guys. All you have to do is head on over to dryfarmwines.com slash runga. That's dryfarmwines.com slash runga and sign up for your first delivery for real, honest wine and you're going to get one bottle for a penny. All right, guys, now back to the show with Dr. Perry Nicholson. So for folks listening, if they're now all touching <laughs> touching their belly button and and <laughs> playing around here, and it's interesting because yeah. when I teach certain types of breathing, um, you know, I have people kind of manipulate and play with their their belly a little bit just to hopefully expand and try to get some more kind of movement and fluidity into that area. So when the diaphragm kind of descends, there's actually some some mobility there. Now yeah. I might be I might be messing with the lymph system, is what you're saying as well, and that might be you know part of the reason people feel so much better. So if people are doing this this, Dr. Perry, um, how what kind of manipulations might they be able to do that could be kind of helpful or could could help them kind of maybe even feel uh, you know a uh, you know uh, a swollen lymph?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. And to, to answer your point there, yes, you are. So when you're most people, when they rub around the abdomen, you know, doing that, they're concerned about releasing the the muscle and the tension and the fast tissue, the the, the fascia, and maybe even the diaphragm. And am like, you're doing all that stuff too, but you're really affecting the lymphatics as well. So to me, the most important real estate on the human body that nobody looks at, I mean, to me, it's probably next to your brain, and I might even tell you it's ahead of your brain, is the most important area that nobody looks at is the space from the bottom of your sternum to below your navel. That's the most important real estate in your whole body. Uh, And I've subsequently added to that the sternum itself. So now I go from, it's going from the bottom of your throat all the way down to your pubic bone in the front or below your navel. That's the most important area that you need to address that nobody looks at. And here's the reason, because it very rarely ever hurts there, right? Like, I I can't tell you the last time, Doc, I got to come see you. My sternum is killing me. No, they, they don't tell me that, right? Or they don't say my belly is killing me, unless you got like irritable bowel syndrome. I and mean, if you have irritable bowel syndrome, I already know your lymphatic system's ass. But so, but you feel pain everywhere else. My mid back always hurts, and then everybody's crunched your mid back all the time. And I'm like, anybody ever stuck their fingers in the middle of your sternum? Nope. Guess where I'm going? I'll stick my fingers there, and it's the worst pain they ever felt in their life. And they're not supposed to hurt. That's the point. And the same thing with the abdomen. So it's really simple, man. Like people say, how should I rub it? Yes, that's my answer. (laughs) Like, like should I? And they say, how long should I do it? Yes. Like we get so caught up in protocols. Like tell me how many times a day I should do it. How long I should do it. How fast I should do it. I want you to do all that stuff. I need you to do different things. And if it hurts, make it lighter so it doesn't hurt. I don't want to put you in pain when you're trying to heal because pain uh, shuts down the learning process of the brain. So you just stick your fingers in there and you start rubbing in circles and spirals and clockwise, counterclockwise, up, down, left, right, like a star pattern. I mean, you just make stuff up. I don't care. Do a unicorn, draw a unicorn on your belly. It's like whatever you want to do. I just need you to know that you should look there. So when you do this, I tell people it's best to start right below your sternum, right at the top of the abdominal region, because lymphatics always go from bottom up. So they're taking stuff from your feet all the way to the base of your neck. So you want to clear top down. That's the biggest thing I tell people. You always want to clear top down. So you'll start at the bottom of the sternum. You'll press in. So I want you to look at your space between your sternum and your navel and you draw a line between the two. Okay. That's straight down the middle of what people would call their rectus abdominis. Right. And then that's the thing that's got that line that's broken in there that you definitely see on people like Brad Pitt, who's got a six pack, right? Um, and then the, you So right down the middle, if I go deeper there, I'm going deeper, what runs right there is what's called the lymphatic trunk. That's the big um, pipeline of lymph fluid flowing up from the low back and the pelvis and the organs and, and the liver. So that goes straight in the middle, and that's taking all the lymph from your lower body to your neck. And then if I go to, if, if I'm staring down at my belly and I look to the left of that line, so straight in the middle is the lymphatic trunk. If I move to the left, I don't know, about half an inch to an inch, it's different on everybody, or people are listening from outside the US, it's about maybe 1.5 to three to three centimeters. If I go to the left, right there is your Abdominal aorta. The aorta is the primary pipeline of blood flow everywhere in your freaking body. Right? Then, so that's huge and it sits right next to that lymphatic chunk. So now if I look to the right side of my body, that's the vena cava. That's the largest vein in the body that's going to take all that waste going up, right inferior vena cava, up back in towards the heart and up with the uh, taking the waste out. So all three of those run together, right? So when you rub in that region and I press in there, you're also going to hit your organs, of course, because you've got your intestines there, you've got your stomach there, you've got your liver there, you've got your pancreas there, you got all those sorts of things. And then all those organs have lymph as well. But that region in there should not be painful at all. You should not feel discomfort, burning, tingling, pain, like some people feel like I'm stabbing them with a hot poker in there. You're not supposed to feel that. If you just work that region there and then you go down to the navel and you work around the navel, you don't stick your fingers inside of the navel. You go around the rim and around it. So you start around the rim and you work out about two inches and you rub there. And then those are the areas where you'll start to clear the lymphatics and the toxins. And here's the beautiful thing. At the same time, you're going to release the tension in the fascia. You're going to release the tension in the muscles. You're going to release the tension in the nerves that sit there. And you're also going to increase blood flow. So you're you're going to help all of those things that you normally would be helping. All I want you to do now is, holy cow. Now I know I'm also affecting the lymphatics at the same time. So it's not just the diaphragm that you're going to affect there. And why is that important? Because the largest lymph node in your body sits right in that space between your navel and your sternum. The largest lymph node in your body sits right there. And that's the one that the liver dumps into. So if that guy gets backed up, if that guy gets clogged, Is called the cisterna kylie. It's the largest lymph node in the body. If that guy gets backed up, then you're really gonna feel things everywhere in your body, but particularly in the low back, the hips, the pelvis, the pelvic floor, the knees, the ankles, all the way down. All right? Why? Because all that waste, all that fluid, all that blood flow can't get in, can't get out because it's restricted. So when you open up that center of your body, That's why people say, Doc, I don't know. but This is crazy, man. Just if I rub there, could that make my elbow feel better? Is is there a connection there? What do you think my answer is? (laughs) Yep. Yep, right? (laughs) And because nobody ever looked there because everybody's looking at the uh, elbow, right? right? So I have a novel idea. You treat the elbow and you treat the abdomen. You do both. Right. Because I'm not saying that the abdomen is always causing the elbow. That's what an assessment is for. So if I have you down on my table and I press into your abdomen and I press into all these areas and you're just relaxing on my table and you don't have any reaction where it's showing me that you don't want me there, well then check the box. I'm good to go. Right. It's like it's like flying on an airplane. I gotta do my checklist and make sure he's good, he's good, he's good, he's good, and I want all goods. If they're not good, I'm going to circle that and I'm going to have to address that before I can take off the damn plane. And it's the same thing when I do the body. So you have a checklist that you need to go through. So my checklist is all the systems of the body. And to me, the most important one right now, based in my work, is the lymphatic system.
1: Yeah, man. Holy smokes. And, you know it's funny cuz as you're talking Perry I'm I'm doing everything you're telling us to do and I'm you know I'm kind of moving around my sternum and I'll tell you what even myself it was a little tender and as I started playing and I I literally think it might be on the recording as I've been pressing my sternum my neck has been just like popping <laughs> <laughs> Because you're a Cairo, I figured I'd mention it. One one thing I wanted to uh, just kind of tie up your client there with the with the low back pain because, and this ties in so nicely with a recent show that I did with Dr. Stuart McGill, uh, the idea that she did walk in with three herniations. And, you know, I think there was a, a surgeon, uh, you know, that's been quoted as saying, if you want to ruin an athlete's career, have him get an MRI. Hey, Joe.
0: Yeah. For some reason it sounded like you just stepped like 10 feet oh. away from your mic. I can't oh, hear you. sorry,
1: man. Um, so, so, uh, as it relates to the, the client of yours with the three, three herniated discs, yeah. I think one of the big things, and I, I love the lesson that you're, you're teaching us that the pain can be, you know, from a completely different system and a completely different cause. Yeah. Now, when she left your office, what did you arm her with in terms of not allowing the knowledge of those three herniations to get in her way or to uh, become a manifestation? Because I think a lot of people, when we, when we say things on the podcast where, you know, you can have this on an MRI, it doesn't mean you need surgery. Right. I think people, once they see it, though, it's very hard for them to get it out of their head. So I'm curious what you might have armed her with to, to get out stay out of her own way. Oh, great question.
0: Well, I'll be honest with you. My job's kind of easy that way for me, because I'm usually the last person you visit for things. Like you've you've been through uh, a lot of treatments and they've attacked your area of dysfunction a lot, right? Over and over and over. And most people are like, well, that ain't working. right?" So (laughs) so even if it is a herniation in there for somebody, it's not making any change in them. And when I bring them in, I I look at, uh, first of all, when I press on that reason and it doesn't hurt, I mean, that speaks for itself, right? Like, holy cow, it doesn't hurt there. But then I'll, I'll press in other areas and then most people have never looked there and then it's really, really painful. So that's an eye opener to areas of their body where they've had pain that they didn't really know about, right? And uh, it's really simple in my world because after I do what I do, you usually feel better right and then you're like well there's got to be something to it and it's a hard thing to get out and that's one of the things where you got to be careful because people actually become their test they become their diagnosis and they can't let go of it so then then you're going to go down an emotional road of of that as well and, and it can be different for everyone honestly um <clears throat> so my world, it's a little bit easier because I I know you've tried everything else up to that point and it's not working. So obviously it's got to be something else that we need to do or a different approach that we go through. And but I also warn people as well, <clears throat> especially for her. And I say, listen, if you're going to feel pretty good for a little while, but I'm gonna I'm just going to tell you, like later tonight, you're going to feel like I ran over you with a truck. And then I decided to stop and back up over you and run over you again, because you're going to be really sore. You're probably going to feel way worse than you did when you came on in. But that is absolutely normal. And I tell them, if that happens, that's awesome. And notice my word phrase there, right? I give them permission that it's okay if something gets worse, because that's normal. In my world, the worst thing I could see is nothing changes. That's the worst thing I could get. If you get better, that's great. If you get worse, that's great too, because I know what the body has to go through in this uh, healing process. And then I also tell people, I'm pretty straight up honest with them when they see me. I have what's called a core four program, which means I tell them right from the get go, say, listen, I don't know if I'm going to be able to help you or not. I got no idea. Like, I'm going to do my assessment. I'll tell you what I think. And I'm going to make a game plan for what I believe your body is trying to tell me. And then we're going to move into it. And what's going to dictate what we change up is not me. It's going to be you. It's what your body says. But I tell people that I need you to commit to see me four times. If I cannot make a substantial change in your body in relationship to how you feel within four visits, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna see you for a five. I'm gonna tell you that I've thrown my arsenal at you of my approach and how I'm looking at the body and I'm not the person for you. So I'll, I'll by that point, I'll find somebody that you should see that if I don't think that it's in my scope uh, or in my wheelhouse for that. And most people have this air of, they just relax because there, there's a goal there's an end point for that. It's not this uh, three times a week for four weeks, two times a week for four weeks, one time a week for four weeks, and then I'm going to reassess you. Uh, how about no? I'm going to reassess you every time I see you and to see where you are. You just need to realize that it can be a roller coaster of good and bad up to four <clears throat> because I'm never going to do the same thing twice if I don't get the results that I want. And so by three... I know based on my system approach of of looking at the body and what I found in relationship to what I I am expecting when these systems work together, that right there in and of itself is a huge relief to someone. Because I'm also honest with people and I say, listen, sometimes the body is just broken. I don't use that term broken because when you say that, you can manifest that. But I understand that sometimes things can be at a point where you can't bring it back, but only to a certain point. But it doesn't mean you can't be better than you are right now, right? Because sometimes things are just, you're disabled with it, you're disabled with it. But it doesn't mean you have to suffer with, uh, with pain or with your lifestyle at the same time. Because that, that empowerment aspect is a really, really big, huge part of people who have chronic uh, pain. And here's the cool thing, man. Every chronic pain issue has an emotional issue attached with it, always. Like, So people say, what's the role of emotion in chronic pain? It's a big one. Everybody's got it. It just depends on how deep it goes, how big it goes, and how far back it goes. But the area of your body where you hold the most emotional trauma, the most emotional, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Tension is the space between your navel and your sternum that's the number one spot because your body holds trauma as tension and it holds it in the front of the body. It holds it in the front of the body. It doesn't hold it in the back. The way I look at it, okay, it's going to, it's going to hold it in the front, right? So that's why when, when you're under stress, when you're under trauma, when you want to cry, when you want to escape the world, You curl up into a fetal position and you bring your knees to your chest and you hug and everything tenses in the front because the body innately knows you got to protect the front. You got to protect the front. You got to protect the front. And when you curl in the front, what do you leave open and vulnerable and that's not curled? The back. (laughs) The back. (laughs) So the back is where you feel all your symptoms. Because the body knows, this is how I look at it. The body knows that, listen, I can take the pain on the back. Life sucks. I can take it on the back. But I just can't take it in the front. So I need you to protect the front. So in my world, you get all the symptoms in the back. But the vulnerability is in the front. So I always treat the back.
1: But I always treat the front. Does that make sense? I love that, man. I love that. And I'm, uh, I was just thinking of the, the Kyle Cease, uh, the idea of the empowerment and the woman leaving. And if your back pain gets worse, then that means we're doing a great job and, you know, it's on its, it's on its journey to heal. And I just, think of the Kyle C. he adds, and I love that after these things. So she would, she would leave and say, you know, my back pain's actually worse. And I love that. So changing that, that emotional narrative as it relates in the relationship to the pain is something that's probably one of the big tickets out of that pain. And, um, and I absolutely love the front to back piece. And I, I would love to start to dive into Dr. Perry, how people can start, you know, we've touched on a few things, how people can start moving, uh, you know, some of the ways that we haven't discussed or, you know, interventions like, you know, our vibe plates good is, mm-hmm. you know, I do this morning shakeout that I just think is probably um, fantastic, but I would love for you to kind of give our listeners a couple of things that they can start doing to really focus on the lymph that we maybe haven't, haven't talked about. And then I would also love your perspective. When you mentioned that the, the lymph is kind of top down or, or it's bottom up and we, we address it top down. We do a lot of mobility work uh, on the feet. We use our uh, mobility balls and we roll the arch of the feet. And, yeah. and I've had a lot of docs, you know, and smart people like you tell me, like, you're doing a lot more than just the, you know, releasing the fascia and, you know, creating some movement in the ankle and that's going to make the hip move better. And can you talk to me, is there any, is there any lymph in the, in the feet and would rolling a ball under the bottom side of the foot actually help move some of that energy in the lymph system?
0: Yeah. Okay, let me address that one first, then you'll have to remind me of the first question. Um, so yes, the lymph is everywhere, right? So, You have a ton of lymph in your feet, definitely on the bottom of the feet. And that's why a lot of people get swelling wear in the feet, the ankles, and the calves when the venous system doesn't work well or the lymphatic system doesn't work well. All that fluid pools down below because of gravity, right? So you have to move that fluid up and it's done through the venous system and done through the lymphatic system, right? And that's not from the heart. That comes from a pump of movement, right? So movement moves. Limbs. So every time you walk, you use your calf muscle and you use your soleus muscle. That's the muscle that comes to your Achilles tendon. And that's like a passive pump slash active pump um, that pushes that fluid dynamically back up towards the heart. So, um, and, and also when you move, right, that moves the lymphatics, that's why walking is one of the best things that you can do for your lymphatic system. But you got to remember that the, when you roll a a ball in the bottom of the foot, that's awesome, right? Because you're going to help influence the fascia through sensory input. You're probably not changing the fascial structure itself when you do that, because current research says you need 2,000 pounds of pressure to deform fascia. (laughs) You ain't getting that from a ball on the bottom of your foot. So it's probably more sensory input into it because it's uh, mechanoreception in the uh, fascia. And you're stimulating the nerves on the bottom of your foot. And we know that the foot is represented highly on the surface of the brain in relationship to sensory input to itself. So you can decrease pain a lot in the whole body when you roll up underneath the bottom of the foot and you're getting a lot of blood flow, right? And lymphatic flow. So you're getting it all, everything you're, you're infecting all those systems when you roll on the bottom of the foot. But let's say that I'm increasing and I roll there. I'm increasing what blood flow and I'm increasing the release of lymphatics. So I know that the lymphatics in the foot, the ultimate endpoint of that is the heart. But it has to go to the collarbone first. So it goes to just at the collarbone and what they call the subclavian, sub, below clavian, clavicle, subclavian veins. That's the goal. And your feet go to the left side of your neck, right? So the feet go to the left side of your neck. But in order to get there, it has to go through other pressurized lymph nodes in order to get to your neck. So I told you that you've got clusters of lymph nodes, right? And then these are areas where you have more than one node that gather together. And anytime you have clusters of something, that means it's important. And the clusters, what I mentioned before, where they gather are the The first place that your lymph has to clear from the bottom of your foot is the lymph nodes behind your knee. So nature is pretty smart. She put all these clusters in areas that move a lot, M-O-V-E, and we know that movement moves lymph. Okay? So anytime you walk, you move your knee a lot. When you sit on your rear end all day, you're not. Um, So Here's the question. What happens if you have some stagnation or a slight obstruction in the lymph nodes behind your knee? Where do you think the fluid's going to end up going if it can't go past the knee? Back down to the foot and the calf, right? So it's trying to get out, but it's going to hit the back of the knee. And then some will get through, but some won't. So you'll get backflow. It's called pressurized backflow. Then after it clears the knee, the next big cluster it needs to hit is the groin. So if you're stagnated in the groin, then it's going to backflow down to the leg or down to the foot. Then from the groin, it's got to go into what's called the lumbar lymph nodes. It's got to go into the lymph that sits deep, holy cow, right in your abdomen, right? And it's got to go into that cisterna kylie that's set halfway between your belly button and the bottom of your sternum. What if it's blocked there? Where is it going to backflow to? To your groin, your hip, your pelvis, your pelvic floor, your back, your knee, wherever. You're going to get symptoms anywhere you want down there. Then from there, it's got to go up that trunk all along, up and behind the sternum. Then it's got to make its way to the left side of the neck. So what I'm trying to tell people is that if you have an obstruction in any one of those areas, whatever you do to the bottom of the foot doesn't mean it's going to go where it needs to go, right? So you have to understand a premise called hydrodynamics. Hydrodynamics is the the flow of fluid in physics. And the the fundamental tenet in physics of hydrodynamics is, is that high pressure flows to low pressure high pressure flows to low pressure. So an easy way for you to understand that is to visualize a water dam. So you have a dam and you've got all the water on one side, which is a lot of high pressure. The wall is holding back the pressure. On the other side of the wall, you've got no water, you've got low pressure. So I want you to think of that lymph node as a dam. So what happens if I open up that dam? All that water wants to go where? Straight to the low pressure side. It just naturally does it. I mean, that's the physics of fluid flow. And how far I open up the dam determines how much what? How much water goes through and how much back pressure I have on the other side. So in my world, my central tenet is this. Right. Lymphatic work always comes first because I need to open up the channels that all this manual work and movement you're going to do can unleash the flow to where it needs to go. So in osteopathic medicine, which is something I've studied a lot of because osteopathic medicine talked about lymphatics, you know, more than 100 years ago, that uh, the um, drainage precedes supply. That's their term. Drainage precedes supply, which means you got to drain the toxins. you got to drain the obstructions before you can supply an area with the nutrients that it needs. So let's take this case in point where, in my world, I know that rolling the bottom of the ball on the bottom of the foot is going to be helpful for you. But I also know what it's going to unleash for you that fluid flow, right? Blood flow and lymph flow, both. So in my world, I'm going to clear the major channels that get obstructed before I roll the bottom of the foot, which means I'm going to stimulate all those regions I just told you before I do the ball of the foot. Because now I know I'm going to get a better result from that because now I've cleared the way for all that metabolic, because that's what you're doing. When you roll the bottom of your foot, guess what you're getting rid of? Metabolic waste, because you have an area that needs new cells. In order to make new cells, you got to get rid old cells so you can regenerate. Right? You can make new ones. So you're always getting rid of stuff. And especially if you have pain on the bottom, if you have pain on the bottom of the foot, I already know you got damaged cells. So in order to heal, you need to make new ones, not just regenerate old ones. So in order to make new cells, what do you need? In order to make new cells, Nut- you need
1: nutrients, oxygen, nutrients, oxygen, right? Charge. And, yeah, <laughs> and you have to get rid of what first? Waste. We got
0: to get rid of waste. If you don't get rid of waste, you cannot receive the oxygen and the nutrients. I'm going to say that again. Just because I put nutrients into the system, just because I put oxygen into the system, doesn't mean it's getting into the cells that need it. Right? You have to clear the toxins first to allow the ability for that to get in. Because I have a lot of people that eat really good, and they do their breathing to get oxygen in, but that doesn't mean that it's going into the cells at all. It's like water. Just because you drink water doesn't mean you're getting hydrated at all. Most people, they're not absorbing water at all. It's bouncing right off the cells, and it's going outside the body because you can't absorb the water, right? And then here's the thing that happens with the the body is that I want you to think of like an old chemistry kind of experiment, right? When, when you want to dilute, like if you have a really thick substance, right? Let's say I have a really thick substance in uh, a jar. What's one way I can dilute the substance? Which way I can make it less thick? Add water. Add water, right? Add water. So it will dilute it. Well, that's exactly what your body does. If you have a lot of stagnation, you have a lot of metabolic waste, a lot of toxins, a lot of excess protein in in between the cells because the lymphatic system is supposed to get rid of the protein between the cells. But if the lymphatic system doesn't work well, you're gonna have a high protein concentration in your body or you'll have a, a pH level that changes in your body. But I'm gonna thicken up that fluid that's got the waste around the cells. So your brain says to itself, well, holy cow, man, this kind of sucks. This is not good. What's the one thing that I can do? Oh, I have an idea. I'm gonna take whatever water they drink and I'm not gonna let the cells absorb it. I'm gonna keep it outside the cell so it can dilute all the waste that's sitting around the cells so I can try to make it less toxic. And that's where you become puffy and bloated and swollen. So you're drinking water, And you're swollen, but you're still dehydrated. Does that make sense? Mind-blowing. So all you got to do is you just got to think like your body thinks. And you know that your body doesn't want to be toxic. It doesn't want to have pain. It doesn't want to be sick. It doesn't want to die. That's the main thing. And then think of the strategy that it would do. So instead of thinking that puffiness and swelling and bloating is a dysfunction, I want you to think that, holy cow, I'm, I'm pretty damn functional, man. I'm like really over-functional. I'm like overcompensating here. You see how you flip the switch? And as opposed to blaming your body that if something's broken and you're swollen because of it, I'm going to say that's a really smart strategy by your body. How about we figure out why you're swollen? And you ever wonder why you get puffy and swollen when you have an allergic reaction? right? Because an allergy is an immune system response. It's an immune system response. And it's going to make you puffy and swollen to protect you. And hence, what system helps get rid of inflammation, puffiness, swelling, and edema? You should be saying lymphatic system.
1: (laughs) Do you see, Dr. Perry, do you see, have you ever looked at, do you see people walk in your door uh, with a low kind of circulating oxygen, SpO2, and I would imagine you probably see a bump when they leave?
0: Yeah, you can, but that can be misleading too. Because I have a lot of people that have a uh, normal oxygen level in their body, but they're still not absorbing it. So I don't mm-hmm. really go by that too much. Okay. So uh, you will see that change. So people who usually have chronic uh, uh, autoimmune disease and what they call systemic inflammation, they usually the very poor ability to absorb oxygen, uh, and that in that area. So usually I'll kind of get more, I'll do that as a test, but I've seen a lot of people who have like a 98, 99 SpO2 level, Mm -hmm. but, uh, they still have oxygenation issues. And usually I'll, by pressing on the skin and I'm able to see when I press on the skin, how it blanches, how fast they get blood flow back, blood circulation back, things like that. So I automatically know even if somebody comes on in and their SPO2 level says that they're here, but they still have a lot of pain in the body, that usually means they're not absorbing it enough. And then that's easy when I do more of like buteyko breathing and I look at um, the carbon dioxide levels in the body. Mm -hmm. And because one of the things that your venous, what's your venous system supposed to get rid of?
1: Toxins, carbon dioxide.
0: Carbon dioxide. Holy cow, there you go, right? And then the venous system is usually toxic. Which with that one. So, you know, I usually will go down that rabbit hole um a lot and uh, I'll look at it from there. So um I, I when I gather information, you know, I use a lot of different things. I, I don't hang there's not one test that I'll do and I'm gonna say that's the definitive answer. Uh I, I will take that into account and I'm like, okay. It's just kind of like an MRI with that test. It gives me a number but I'm going to dig a little bit deeper and see if that number is jiving with what I'm seeing with my eyes and my hands and what they're telling me. And uh, and I'm always going to go by, by that. Does that, does that make sense? So I I use so many different types of things uh, together at one time. It's not definitive. And so when I assess the lymphatic system, I'll usually have to end up doing some type of work on the lymphatic system for people when they come in to see me because they've probably never done anything up to that point, so I know that it needs some work but also uh, I want people to listening to as well is that I keep it realistic too is that even when you have a well functioning lymphatic system, it doesn't mean that you still can't have issues or still be sick or things like that so you know it's not all unicorn and rainbows either where i'm going to clear your lymph and then magically your everything's good but i tell people this the one thing i do know is that if you don't have a well-functioning lymphatic system you're really going to struggle to get beyond a certain point how far you can get you're never going to know until you remove that, if you until you can check that box, because here's the thing that, that uh, I started to learn over the years is that uh, the lymphatic system is really not the problem if it's if it's an issue. You have to ask, well, why does the body keep using the lymphatic system, right? So if if you're if it's swollen and you have lymph issues and it's painful, and I do lymphatic work but you keep getting swollen again. It keeps coming back. and then, I don't want you to say, doc, your system sucks. It doesn't work. No, that's not it. I need you to dig deep and say, why does it keep coming back? Then you have to think, well, the immune system is, is uh, the system that the lymphatics are with. Right? The lymphatics are part of the what's called neuroimmune system, nervous system, immune system. So obviously, my immune system is trying to fight something. Trying to take care and kill something. So, there's usually some underlying driver in the body that we have to dig deeper for. And then that's why, for me, a lot of my stuff ended up going more down a functional medicine standpoint as well, because I had underlying issues with my uh, gut having leaky gut, things that's where the gut barrier breaks and then things break through the gut, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to heal that up at the same time because otherwise stuff's going to keep leaking through the gut and then you're going to get lymph issues again. But what I'm trying to tell people is clear your lymph before you repair the gut or at the same time, then you'll have a much better success rate of doing that, right? And then a lot of people may have underlying uh, bacterial issues in their body, not enough good bacteria, too much bad bacteria, or too much of the same type of bacteria, or you can have underlying viral infections and I got to be careful here. So people that are listening, I'm not saying you got COVID because everybody's (laughs) all down this rabbit hole of COVID. And I'm like, do you realize there's trillions of viruses in the universe more than you're ever going to be able to count in your lifetime? So viruses do exist and a lot of them you need, otherwise you would be dead by the way. So Don't be freaking out, but you usually will have, I'm talking about viruses. Maybe you have a herpes virus, HPV virus, Epstein Barr virus, chicken pop, those type of viruses that you have in your system. Those might be an underlying driver that you have issues, um, with that can also be contributing to the lymphatics coming back. So that's been an educational journey for me is that if you keep doing something and it keeps coming back, that means you have to peel the onion layer a little deeper and figure out, well, why? But the big central tenet that I want people to realize is that the the lymphatic system is an area that you should be looking at. So if I have the time, I'll tell you the areas that you should press on and see how they feel. And
1: um, that's a good place to start. Hey, you've so got you- the time. You've got the time for sure.
0: Okay. So I tell people to assess for clusters and see if it's tender, see if it's swollen, see if it's puffy, or if you have pain issues there a lot. The first place you always want to press and check is look for puffiness and swelling above the collarbone at the base of the neck. So I always have people go above the collarbone and press in above the collarbone, straight down towards their lungs. And see if it's tender, puffy or swollen from left side to right side. Cause that's where the lymph drains. <clears throat> and then the next place you go is you press right where the shoulder joint is, right? Where your shoulder attaches to your pec. They call that your pectoral slash axillary nodes. So you press all along where the shoulder joins the pec. And then you come and you go right around the armpit a little bit, right? Right at the base of the armpit. If you raise your, like if you're putting deodorant on. So you feel around there. That's the place that women check a lot for the breast tissue, right? <clears throat> and then you already learned that I want you to do the abdomen around the belly button and up, particularly around the belly button. Then I want you to feel around the crease of your groin, left side and right side, more above the crease than below the – excuse me, more below the crease than above the crease. So it's more below the crease. And then I want you to feel behind your knee and see if it's puffy or swollen. There. And when you do that, you actually stimulated the lymph nodes and you just released the pressurized system from top down during the assessment. And if those areas are tender, because people say, Doc, well, what if I've got, how do I know it's a lymph that's painful? What if I've got a sore muscle there or I've got a shoulder injury and it hurts in there? I'm like, I don't care. Like, I don't care what's damaged in there from a standpoint of the inflammation and pain all right I, I will in relationship to how i'm going to treat you of course but let's say this let's say that you have a um uh, you have a problem in your groin and you've got a little itis tendonitis in your groin psoas issues or you've got a jammed up hip when you have that what are you going to get swelling and inflammation right mm-hmm. correct And then I know that you've got cells that need to regenerate, and I know you need nutrients and oxygen in that reason. That's what I know. Like, I don't care what's damaged in there when I'm talking lymphatics. All I know is that lymphatics have to get that waste out and get good blood flow in. So don't worry about what hurts in there. With this one, with the lymphatics, I just want to clear the pathway for the work to be done. So in my world, let's say you're going to come on in and I want to do laser therapy, I want to do uh, ART, I want to do chiropractic, I want to do mobilization to your painful hip on the left. Based on what I'm telling you, what do I already know? I need to clear the lymphatics first before I do those. Then I'll do those. Then I'm going to get a different result because now I know I'm going to get rid of that waste faster. I'm going to get better oxygen delivery in, more efficient oxygen delivery in. So I'm still going to do my therapies, but I'm just going to do it second. So now I know I can get just one, even a 1% difference in that can make a big difference on the back end exponential of how well you're going to heal. So when you assess those regions right there, those are the primary regions that I tell people just to stimulate and rub every day. So when you press in these regions, that's one way to do it, or you could rub them vigorously you could tap them vigorously, slapping and tapping technique, very simple. You just slap those areas five to 10 times, or you can brush them with a brushing technique or whatever. Then after you do that, then I tell people, very simple, all you want, all I want you to do is, going back to a previous question that you asked, people ask about vibration plates and trampolines and stuff like that. Do they work with lymph? Yes, they absolutely do. Um, but now, you know, you don't do that first, you do it second, Mm -hmm. right? So let's say I want a trampoline. So I'm not going to just jump on the trampoline. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go to those places that i told you, collarbone, shoulder, abdomen, groin, knee. I'm going to stimulate there first. Then I'm going to trampoline. And then you're going to say, what if I don't have a trampoline? I'm like, here, nature's pretty cool. She gave you one already. It's called your calves. I don't want you to do it just jump (laughs) up and down on the balls of your feet, Right. 20 to 30 seconds and then there's your trampoline and then you can make a huge difference in your body just from that simple super duper approach um, of the order that you do it in and the uh, daily effect of it that's simple see how simple that is
1: Super simple, man. I love the the free medicine, and and that's why I'd asked about the vibe plates because for a while I had access to a vibe plate, and then all of a sudden I didn't, and I just started doing. I do about a hundred and a hundred every morning. I just jump up and down like I'm jumping rope without a jump rope, right. and um, I swear it works, man.
0: Yeah, it absolutely it does. Yeah, I mean it. Uh it's just jumping up and down, moving fluids, you know, with gravity, things like that. And, uh, you know, it's fantastic, easy way to do it. And, uh, so simple, right?
1: So simple, free medicine. Love it. And I, I'll tell you just (laughs) from rubbing all these spots right now, I didn't have any real sensitive areas, but I feel better. I feel like I, I feel some tension released. I feel just generally a little boost just from doing this on the show with you. So, Thank you so much, Dr. Perry. It's been a, an amazing hour and a half, super educational for me. I got a couple pages of notes here, and uh, I can't thank you enough for the time.
0: Oh, you're welcome, man. I can't believe an hour and a half went by so fast. Hopefully, uh, <laughs> people that are listening got a few things that they can take away from here. If Maybe just changing your perspective of how everything works together, but definitely just the... Miracle of what I call mojo, the magic of uh the human body and what it's capable of
1: one hundred percent i'm I'm super grateful for the work that you 've done over the years, and you're always you know your stop chasing pain Instagram is always putting out just every time I meander over there it is just. Awesome, awesome information. So I'd highly recommend listeners go check you out there. And, and Dr. Perry, before we kind of hang up, can you tell people about your programs and where to find you and, and anything else you'd like to share and, and tie a bow on the show with?
0: Sure. Thank you very much. Well, it's, it's, if you're interested in the lymphatic work, um, easiest way is to start with our self-help video. It's a streaming video that you can watch for a lifetime via Vimeo. And, you know, you can have it for life. And that one you can get by going to my website, stopchasingpain.com. And uh, on the homepage, there's a lot of different videos listed that you can purchase and watch. But it's called the Body Aquarium Lymphatic Mojo. You can also find that if you just want to keyword search that into Vimeo. And that'll walk you through it's about two hours long. Of the stuff that you want to do that's the basics and the fundamentals that everybody needs to learn and then if you are on stopchasingpain.com, that'll take you to all of our advanced courses so because of the pandemic and stuff I had to stop traveling to teach my intensive courses on lymph but I do webcasts every single month uh, for two days on the lymphatics where you'll be a lymph ninja by the time you're done with, with me showing you stuff of, of how to do it So it's for everyone. People say, can I do this video or come to your course if I'm just a regular person? I'm like, yeah. I mean, humans, all humans can learn how to do the lymphatic work to themselves. And you can do it to someone else as long as you feel comfortable doing that and it's under your scope. If you can't treat patients, you can actually take care of your loved ones in your life to do that one. And then you can see all of our other social media stuff and our membership sites. And con- we do, I do online consultations. So people that want to talk to me from a distance or work with me or come to see me at my office here in New Jersey, I'm seeing clients again because they lifted the lockdown here in New Jersey. But yeah, there's, there's something for everyone in there where you can come in and just tiptoe in and learn and get whatever kind of information you want. And it's not hard to find, just type in stop chasing pain and I'll show up just a little bit somewhere. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> you sure will. And, and you've got just an unbelievable amount of information on your site. We'll link to it in the show notes over at coachshowdi.com slash podcast. And Dr. Perry, thank you so much. This has been just a, an awesome show. We'll have to do this again sometime.
0: Yeah, Yo, thank you, my friend. I really appreciate it. I had a great time. And thank you, everyone who uh, was listening.
1: Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed today's show. For the show notes for today's episode, head on over to coachjoedi.com and click podcast from the menu. If you'd like to leave a review, which I would absolutely appreciate on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you found this show, please do so. These mean the world to me. They help me understand what my audience is gaining from these shows that I'm pouring my heart into and ultimately helps us to reach more people because these platforms like shows that get reviews. So it helps us out so much. If you're digging the shows, this would be so great if you could just leave a review. Also, I still give away $150 every two weeks to kettlebellkings.com to somebody that reviews my show. So if you leave a review, just screenshot it and email it to hey at coachjodi.com and my team will enter you to win this $150 gift card so that you can outfit your home with a couple of kettlebells on me. Also, when you're in the show notes, you'll find links to any products that we discussed. For full transparency, some of these links do contain affiliate links. This helps me to fund these episodes, pay my staff, and ensure that I'm taking care of the people that take care of us. So I absolutely appreciate you clicking links and using codes. It helps keep this train on the tracks. All right, guys, until next week, thank you as always for listening. I really appreciate you guys subscribing and listening to this show every week. I really put a lot into them, so thank you so much. And you'll hear from me again next week. Take care.